Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Light Man How Poetry Found Me podcast, where we talk about all things about self-development, improvement, and being able to write things down. And by writing things down, you get a chance to see your perspective and what it is you need to do. And if you have steps that you need to follow and you miss step, you can always backtrack to find out to the answer. And with poetry, it's a way of expressing yourself to remember the thoughts or just to be in the moment to create a poem or something that your mind and your body and your chemistry and your spirituality comes together to for, to cause you to create something magical. Well, this was day three of my stay in New York. And this time, you know, Mike decided to join me. But before he stepped out onto the scene, I woke up this morning at about eight o'clock, got myself dressed, and I went out once again to see the city of New York. And Mike kind of gave me an itinerary of the steps to follow and where to go and how to find out what I was looking for. My first journey this morning was to go to Times Square and to see the interaction with the people and the environment in which Times Square promotes. And I, just like any other person who's visiting the city, found myself taking a picture or two or three or four. Just trying to capture the moment when you see so much beauty that the city of New York has built over the years. And I found myself watching the people taking the pictures as well. And it was something to behold. There's people that are speaking several different languages. But what I noticed most about what they were doing, they were doing the same thing I was doing. They were taking their cameras, aiming it at a beautiful scenery, and taking a picture. And that let me know that the people that were, that were there, they were in that moment and trying to capture something beautiful. And sometimes the high rises are so high that you can't even get it into the frame most of the time. But I sat there and I took it all in. I got up on my own. I went and I took this journey to find myself in a place amongst many people. And to see what I could create from another day of being in New York with directions and to see what I needed to do. Once I was able to get my feel from Times Square and then I ventured to walk a little further. Now this time what Mike suggested that I do is that I needed to walk to the Hudson River. And there's any and when he was explaining it to me, there's any street that you can take that can take you to the Hudson River. So I chose 49th Street. Now when I was on 8th Avenue and 6th Avenue and 5th Avenue and down in Times Square, there were a lot of people, a lot of bodies passing by, a lot of bodies taking pictures, and people going up and down, you know, minding their business and taking care of the, the purpose in which they were here. But when I turned on 49th Street, 
and I started to walk to the Hudson River, every little street that was going towards the Hudson River did not have a lot of people. I guess that these particular areas that I was traveling in, this is where people lived, and therefore the traffic wasn't as heavy. And then it let me, I, I noticed, I picked up one thing from that, is that everything is not always busy. When you enter into the business lanes, you get to see everything that people do to enjoy the environment that they're in. But when you turn off into the quiet places where people live, you don't see that. I walked the streets and there was a, people walking the dog with very few people and there's air conditioners in the windows, there's like fire escapes or stairs that goes up and down. And as I'm walking, there's a certain serenity to it too. There's a peace that I didn't experience when I was in Times Square and making my way to the Hudson River. But once I turned on this particular street, I began to know that there's a calmness in it all anyway. So I'm walking, and then I get to the Intrepid, and the Intrepid was like this big naval ship. They had airplanes on them, and it was something that back in the day, and it's something that you can take a tour of to go and see what that was like. But that wasn't my objective. I did take a picture, but that wasn't my objective. My objective was to get to the Hudson River. Now, I saw this water. And then Mike gives me a call, and I tell him where I am. And then he tells me something that I found remarkable. He said, now, you see the Hudson River? He said, on the other side of that river is New Jersey. And I'm thinking I'm in all of New York. New York. He said, no, that the Hudson River separates New Jersey and New York. And to see the boats and to see the scenery, the distance, with the river divide when you take a picture and it was early morning it was really really beautiful uh, sometimes picture, pictures can't capture what the mind sees and the feeling that it generates I took my pictures I took a video and then there was a, a little old um, Asian lady practicing her Tai Chi and she was doing everything to keep her body nimble and she followed the music and she did that until her music was done and once the music was done, it ended, and she disappeared. Ladies and gentlemen, at this particular point, <coughs> I'm telling you this because when you go somewhere, you have to partake in the, in the, you have to immerse yourself in the environment to get the feeling of what it is you're doing, and sometimes you need a guide. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just got to follow through with what's going on. Now, mind you, I'm sitting down at a tree. There's pigeons around me. And there's other people. It, it's a great feeling to have people there. to sit down and to mind their own business. And I just drew comfort from that because all the noise that was behind me, that was on the silence in front of me, the Hudson River and the pictures of New Jersey. And when I got done from that, I got up and I began to walk back to the hotel room. And Mike calls me and say, 
Well, when you get done with that, I'll be over in a few minutes and then we can take our second leg of the journey. I was like, cool. And while I'm in the room, I'm just thinking about how to convey to everyone that life is it's a short-lived thing. And you have to make sure that you're putting in your best efforts, your energies, to accomplish what you want. And I'm laying here, and then I have to go get food. Now, I'll, I want to try different things, but I got to go with what I know tastes good and works. So I go to Subway, and I get what I normally partake in. I come back to the room. And then Mike shows up. Now the second leg of the journey, now this particular day, I was supposed to see, and I did see, the bull on Wall Street. I got to see the Twin Towers. And I got a history lesson from him. And before I went to Wall Street, I went to see the towers. And what he was telling me, that the street that we were walking on is where all the damage was done. And to see it so many years later, it doesn't look like anything ever happened. And as we crossed into the monument portion of it. He said, like, you're on hollow ground. He said, the people that they weren't able to get out of buried there. And there's always a feeling of, like, tremendous life loss. But he said that regardless, he said, this is New York. They got the building. A replacement for the towers. And I got to see it physically with my eyes and it's absolutely stunning and then they had this this forever waterfall where it is constantly going down towards a drainage and in these particular places where the tower stood they have all the names of the people that passed away from the incident And to take it all in and to see all the young people and the teenagers and the young adults and then the older adults, just going around and admiring and taking pictures of the thing that made America unify, galvanized towards an end, to end of making sure that we were able to bounce back and rebuild that part of New York City. And then they have something that they call the Oculus. It's like a a white monument. And inside, and this is what Michael said, he said that since that time he hadn't been back then, we went inside this Oculus and this thing was beautiful. And the reason I say that is because everything that I saw came from the mind of human beings 
conceived ideas, drawn out, and then implemented with the resources and the power of human beings and the instruments that they have to rebuild what was lost. And it goes to show you that the resiliency of human being is that they don't let anything stop them when it comes to doing what they say they're going to do and to stick to the objective that they set out to do. And seeing that, ladies and gentlemen, and talking to you, I just want you to know you could do the same thing too with your life. You just you have to be able to focus and know what the end goal is once you have the plan. Once you've drawn it out, you have to be the one to see it through. If you're creating it and then you're writing it, then you're going to have to execute it. And to see that, to stand in that, and for him to tell me that was something that let me know that time is never really on anybody's side. It's moving no matter what we say or what we do. But in it, if we're able to attract what's necessary to build, then we have to take that attraction and apply it to the processes so that we can have what we aspire to from the beginning with an end result of something being done. After we did that, then we start walking to the to Wall Street. Now, it's a funny story about this. I asked Mike, I said, well, where's Wall Street? He said, I got to show you. I said, well, before you come, is, is can I walk to it? He said, nah, you don't want to walk there. Just wait till I get there. Now, when he tells me this, this is what trips me out. He said, yeah, you can walk it, but you'll be walking into the last avenue. And I didn't know what that meant. And we had to jump on the train. And once we got down to the end of Madison, we took it off and we went to go and find the bull. But before we found the bull, he took me down to the East River, I think what it was. But when he took me there, now he said, now you see on the other side, that's Brooklyn. I said, I thought we was in Brooklyn. He said, no, nah, man, you still in Manhattan. You see these waterways? This separates Manhattan from Brooklyn. And then he showed me the bridge and they got these little ferries that goes to and from taking people home. I stood there again and I said, wow, the pictures that I took in the video, it doesn't do it justice, ladies and gentlemen. It is a beautiful sight to see. My mind was so captivated by the entire process to get there that I kept thinking like over and over and over again, dreams come true when you have the right attitude and you approach it from the perspective of you're going to get it done. You're going to get it done. Because only you can get it done. I took a seat. And the beauty of it was beyond me. 
And I saw other people taking pictures of the exact same thing that I was doing. It's a thing to behold, ladies and gentlemen, when you step inside a dream that you have for a while. I had always dreamed of coming to New York. And I had this thing about wanting to see as much as I could or as much as I can with my time here. And the Hudson River and the East River, they just blew me away. Two opposite ends. You got water on one end and water on the other end. And after we did that, he took me to see the bull. And when I get there, the bull is surrounded by a whole lot of people. I didn't know that many people love that bull. I mean, they loved it so much, the kids were jumping on top of the bull. They was hanging on the side of the bull. And a man and his son and a few other people were, like, hogging the bull. And I just wanted to get my picture of the bull, and I was trying to get one where nobody was on it. But every time I tried, them kids was up on it. I had to take the picture with them, with them on it, but I had to have that bull because the number one thing is, like, I see the bull on television when they talk about it, and I was right there with it. And I couldn't walk away without taking a picture of it. And to see it, I couldn't even touch it because it was crowded. And I didn't want to, you know, ball my way through it. And I just took a nice picture with kids on it, people hanging on it, of the bull. And that's a New York thing. That was an amazing thing once again, to do the bull. And now, so now the bull is in the bag. Now we got to walk down to this ferry and he shows me the Statue of Liberty. We could have caught a ferry to it, but we didn't. And I tried to take a picture and take a video to submit my visit to New York by seeing the Statue of Liberty. That was a thing in and of itself. And you like even when you take the picture or you take the video, it doesn't do you justice to stand there and to see it and the water that surrounds it. And then on the other side of the that, of that river is Staten, Staten Island on the other side. Beautiful from the distance in which we saw it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just can't express to you what it means to be in a place where you had envisioned yourself being and get somebody to take you around and show you those things so that you could like live out your dreams of the things that you've seen in the movies or the things that they talk about on television. The beauty of the world and the beauty of life is being able to see those things that you had envisioned a long, long time ago for yourself and about yourself. And I took great pride and great joy in seeing that. And then we went and sat down and we started chopping it up about what our dreams and what our goals and what we aspire to do for our families. How the difficulties to try to make that happen, the things you have to maneuver and work through to even get to that point. 
After we did that, he wanted to take me to Harlem to round off the trip. And I didn't think that we had time, but he assured me that we had time. And we leave, we jump on the train, and we go to 125th Street. And that's Harlem. And we get off, and we start walking, and I went to really get some food. And we walking and we're walking and he explaining to me that the 125th Street is, is historical facts and history about Harlem. And I'm looking around at all these buildings and all these peoples and all these things and we walk by and I see this restaurant. I say, yo, that's where I need to go. I went in and ordered my food, came out. Then he went in, saw his restaurant, ordered food, and came out. And then he showed me the state building or something like that one with Bill Clinton when he was president where he used to visit. And then I saw how he was explaining to me how much 125th Street, 125th Street in Harlem itself has been slowly integrated so that if anybody wanted to live there, they could live there. And to know that the world in 2022 is trying to elevate to a level to where everybody has an equal playing field is something to behold. And to round it all off, I went to 125th Street and guess what he took me to take a picture of, ladies and gentlemen? Showtime at the Apollo. That's right, the place where Steve Harvey was making a name for himself. I was standing right outside by that marquee and I took me a picture and I made me a little 30, 15, 20 second video, something like that, to commemorate all of the things that I've seen. Once we did that, then we were on our way back to our given destinations with a full day intact. You gotta understand that time isn't waiting on you and it's not waiting on me. And if you have a dream or something that you need to do, you need to try to bring that dream to reality. And as I'm riding the bus back to my destination, I see all these people outside just living their life. And I'm thinking, what does it mean to live your life? What struggles or sacrifice you got to make to make your life mean something to you? It doesn't have to mean something to somebody else. It just has to mean something to you. And me coming here on day number three to see that much more of New York City and the development that she has made up to this point shows me that man is still yearning to constantly move forward, to advance the culture that they live in, to promote the way of living that they have. And like Mike always say, man, in New York, you gotta keep it moving. And everybody in life need to adopt, to just adapt that phrase 
in everything they do because that's what time does. Time is constantly moving. Time is not waiting on nobody at no time from the conception of birth until you're born, until you die. Time is ain't waiting on nobody. And if you're waiting on time, you're going to find yourself crying. You got to take the moments that you have and find a way to invest in yourself and make this life work. And it is a hard thing because even when he was showing me things, he was still, I still saw homeless people sleeping out in the sun. I saw people sleeping on benches. I saw people walking around acting like they lost their mind. I saw this one incident I was in the store and I saw this young man walk out with two boxes. And five minutes later, he comes back in and accused the vendors of not giving him all this product. And the vendor said, I did give you all the product. But the customer is raising his voice and causing nervousness. And you know, I was just like, was all that necessary? But I think the vendor ended up giving him what he thought he had lost to calm that whole situation down. And we do things for small reasons and things are blown out of proportion for small reasons but time doesn't wait time doesn't hate time doesn't underappreciate neither does it overappreciate time is just time and when I got off the bus I had to walk back to the hotel and all I kept thinking about was how to get people to change their perspective about their given life. And you know what I determined out of all of my years of living, and I determined a long time ago, and it's just confirming for me, that you can't change people. An individual has to change themselves. And if the individual find a way to change themselves, then everything is going to be made better for that individual. Everybody got to keep climbing, climbing and reaching for the higher version of themselves. And the highest version is just putting your mind to a project and accomplishing it. That's what it means. It doesn't mean all these other things. It means that there's something that you see something that you understand and it's something that you want to accomplish. That's what I worked on today. That's what I fulfill today. And I actually feel comforted by what I had accomplished today. So ladies and gentlemen, this is day number four. This is episode number 10 in the season Number eight. It has been a pleasure to bring these days to you. I got one more to do. Maybe two. I got another one tomorrow. I got another trip to make tomorrow. And I'll still get up in the morning and get out there if there's no rain. And get out and walk the terrain again. And I just want you to be able to take in to yourself the question. What does it take to make something a reality? What does it take 
to make it all come true. And that's just something I'm going to leave for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. And before I depart, I have four quotes that I have to give to you. One is from the Dr. Napoleon Hill. One is from Antonio T. Smith, Jr. One is from Eric Thomas, hip-hop preacher. And one is from me. Dr. Hill says, if the mind can't conceive it and believe it, then the mind can't achieve it. Walking with Mike today to see what they did at Ground Zero to build what they built to keep things moving is a testament to the resiliency of man and his appetite for wanting to keep bringing on change and not giving up on anything. The other one is from Antonio T. Smith Jr. He says you can't play better, you can't dominate. When you go and you know you envision yourself going to see a bull and the Statue of Liberty, and you put that in your mindset for a while, and then you find someone and that someone can tell show you what it takes to make it, and then you're able to put the tools in necessary to get yourself in a place to see it. And then you're dominating your own thoughts. You're making your own thoughts become a reality. And when you can do that, the world seems to make sense to you. It's only when you have resistance to making things come true that it seems like it doesn't come true. Eric Thomas says, make the rest of your life the best of your life. When you accomplish something that you set out to do, that becomes the best of your life. Then you can set another one. And work towards that. Because you're making the rest of your life the best of your life. And when you accomplish that, you move to something else. You keep going because time is not stopping. And that's why he say make the rest of your life the best of your life. And you don't surrender when you're trying to accomplish a goal that's trying to change the dimension of your life. And hopefully it's impactive in the life of your family. And then there's me. Life does not require more from you. Life does not require less from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours and in doing so you can have anything that you desire. That burning desire for me to want to be in New York, that burning desire for me to put the resources behind myself so that I can invest in myself, so I can come here and see what I saw with my eyes, so I can say that I've had a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, your life is the most precious thing you have, and you got to guard it. But in your life, you have dreams and goals, and you got to make sure you get out and accomplish those. Life and time does not wait on any man or any woman, any child, ever. Never has, never will. So in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, stay on course. Work hard. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, you work for somebody, work to make your dreams a reality. Until we meet again, peace.